If you squish a shrimp, they're yum. Brandon. You dip your salmon crostini inside some tahini, you get a salmon crostini. Eric. Make sure to butter both sides of French toast. Amanda. When you're assembling a taco for yourself, put the lettuce first. That way the stuff doesn't get the bottom of the shell soggy and it breaks. Food hacks. Also, food hacks. just use a tortilla and don't make a taco. Hard shell tacos are the worst food hacks. Unless it's around a cheesy gordita crunch Taco Bell shell. Those are delicious. Then it's the worst for different reasons. Food hacks. I had Taco Bell this week. Yikes. I had Whoa. also. A are, very, you allowed? Oh, are you allowed? How are you doing? It was a mistake. <laughs> oh, no. Speaking of mistakes. Listen, I thought shrimp was a really good way to get Alonzo to come with us, but he just He resisted there. the call of the shrimps. He did. I didn't <laughs> think it could be done. What does a shrimp call sound like? <laughs> that is the correct answer, actually. That is oh, my God. You, you might think that was Amanda doing that, but no, Brandon just clicked. I just held just up Googled a shrimp and held to the it. microphone. <laughs> yeah, Brandon found the shrimp and held to the microphone. That certainly wasn't Amanda doing a spot-on shrimp impression. Some shrimp foley. Remember when we taught people how to play Dungeons and Dragons during the after party? What's Dungeons and Dragons? Okay, here's my theory, though. Uh, Bridge is Mercutio. Am I wrong? Similar. Yeah, it occupies a similar role, I would say. Name from a patron? Yeah, this is Bridge. What up, Bridge? very nice Bridge, who also edits Tides and is a big member of the audio drama community. We knew you back before you even edited anything. I know. And we're happy that you were a part of our... Join the party, fam. Talking about Bridge the character. Uh, here are my notes for what I wrote for him. Oh, good. Uh, this is Shubes. Very cool. <laughs> a good dude. Watches Bachelorette TV. A V good boy. Aw. That's, that's what I wrote as the character. Also good hair. Yeah, good hair as well. Yeah. yeah. Bridge with the good hair. Brid- yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate the chance to uh, make friends with another woman who's here in Fidopolis. Just living. Just trying to get through the day. This happens all the time where you'll meet another queer person and be like, flirt, 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 flirt. Oh, no, we're going to be friends now. Like, that's how friendships start. So I appreciate that. Ella and me are our friends. I can't tell if she's disgruntled because of the position or what she's doing in life, or this is the personality. Like, no. I, think, I think she is fucking cool like, and no uh, yeah. one understands her. I'm going to be honest, Johnny. Like, Johnny? she's cool. Yeah, I'm talking to your character right oh, now. Okay. She's cool. You're, you just had a weird interaction with her. I want to be her friend. She's in my character. She's this friend. <laughs> she is question mark she's, not she's dis- always been in the character she this friend she's not disgruntled I think that you can un- imagine that in Kiko Castle not many people use the library that was always my assumption there's like people who have specialties so like James shows up all the time but she's kind of lonely in there so she um, amuses herself so she's disgruntled as a person not because her job she loves being a librarian oh, okay. but like she likes fucking with people that's what I meant to ask was is it the problem was being the librarian or was the that's just who she is it's who she is it's that's she what is, I yeah. that was the question I have the answer and thus the after party continues yeah. tune in as we come back from this commercial break I was not ready to pull an old character out of my pocket I'm worried that like I just hope that my voices are not running together 
Yeah. I really appreciate it, though, because I was like, I'm leaving. And uh, I'm glad that I was able to go explore different parts of Kiku Castle, which I have not been able to do yet. Yeah. So I have a question. Okay. Religions are running headfirst in, into each other at this point. Yeah. So the speaker is a god, demigod? The speaker Thor is an Asimar. Asimar, which is like half god. Yeah, I guess close to demigod. Really calmly and help you to feel just really at peace and grounded. No, that's ASMR. Oh, that's damn. different. Damn. Oh, that she's not that. She is. <laughs> So uh, I guess the ASMR... Yeah, I think turning purple and yelling is the opposite of ASMR. That's my ASMR. <laughs> what do y'all do? <laughs> the ASMR are... And I think I must have talked about this when we first met the speaker. Well, the ASMR are demigods, but in a, with like a fantasy bent to it. They have like a literal piece, a celestial piece inside them. Well, I want to know more about like her role and her stature within like this religion. Yeah, because sure. we had a little bit of table talk during the game when I was asking about Chronopolis to say, like, wouldn't the speaker know this? Like, what what does and doesn't she know about the, like, day-to-day goings-on in the city-states? But clearly, by the end of the episode, we figure out that, you know, this is kind of happening under the radar, or at least not to her knowledge, yeah. until things got kind of too bad and need a real intervention. I think there's there's a balance going on here. Like, she knows everything to an extent. <sighs> I'm trying to think if there's any sort of parallel because it feels really clear in my head. In my head, she's sort of the CEO of a massive company, but there are also board seats. So she can sort of be outvoted by like a majority of the board or whatever. You know what I mean? And the board is the representatives. And that's why I was referencing in my head. It's actually very similar, if not the same, because in my head, I'm thinking there has to be a chairman or someone that's giving this CEO power because the speaker is that a speaker and ostensibly, divine right is the kind of ultimate form of government in these places, even though there can be elections. So the divine right is given through the speaker to give these representatives the power over their city-states. That center is concentra, but that doesn't make the speaker the ultimate like chain of command, like higher up person or ultimate in charge of everything, because if not things wouldn't have gone so disastrously for our team so far. I think what we've learned is that one person can't do it all. So she well, knows a lot. that's why she's so stressed. And I'm just trying, Johnny's just trying to like give her a night where she just calm down. We can talk some, some <laughs> friendly Uh-oh. things Uh-oh. about religion. Oh, no. We can talk about meditation, Oops. swap stories of like dealing with stress. Candlelight, sitting close to each other. I'm not Maybe I'm not one attempting. hand slips on top of the other hand and then we'll see where it goes from there. A knee Basically, touches a knee. A knee touches a knee. Just trying to help An elbow a fellow religious. An elbow. And that's all. Trying to help a fellow religious person <laughs> who's going through some tough times. The role of speaker and Azamar, I guess, is passed down from Azamar to Azamar. They live for a pretty long time. So it's like she is, the, in fact, the chairman of the board, which is all of the representatives. Mm-hmm. I think it's closer to that. She knows as much as she can in the way, I guess the best way to think about the American government, and I don't know if we have some problems with the American government, but when you think about just like a government that has to collect information and like they go off the information that they have, but at the same time, she's not going to get involved with every single thing that's a problem. Like these city states are independent, but like they're a confederacy of states that lean on Concentra and the speaker and like the larger powers that be when they have a very, very large problem. So then I'm maybe we'll, we'll probably have to discover this in game, but like I'm super curious about how these three gods, now that they're sort of less ethereal and more tangible, yeah. or at least pieces of them are, 
how does the speaker fit into the that three yeah. trinity and then uh, Johnny's lantern. Also, hey, you have a piece of your god in your lantern. No, I know that. <laughs> yeah, I wonder I, I, what proximity to the compass is going to do to your lantern. The way I've been thinking about religion, and I've sometimes talked about Eric with this, is that with D&D you have, when you have religions and gods, like people have different relationships with them and this is interesting to have a system of government that's very connected with and very almost inextricably linked with their religion because normally that's not the government's role that's yeah. like the religious corners or sects that live within the and alongside the government or even clerics right like the speaker who derive their power from their god yeah when we learned about the centering my kind of read of that whole situation was that the Trinity was kind of decided upon. That's how it sounded to me. It's like there were lots of things happening before we decided to come together and the most stable and like broadly appealing version of whatever religious life was like beforehand is the one that we have now. And so to me, it's almost like Church of England style. Like, yes, we're talking about Labour Party. So, you know, maybe there are some comparisons to be drawn. But Church of England is like, Yes, it's religious, but it's also political. And yes, it's sanctioned by the government, but also it's separate from the government. So if I were somebody growing up in the concentric states, my wonder would be like, how tangible are these gods? Like, are they a presence? Are they personalities? Are they a story? Are they a metaphor? You know, it feels like we don't have a lot of really tangible links or experiences yet. And the thing is, that's like the normal D&D experience, though, right? Because unless you're a warlock who's associated with some... Divinity, yeah. Or or a cleric or a paladin. And even though you just channel it, you don't like necessarily communicate unless you're really channeling divine. But the fact that you have a power would suggest there is some sort of divinity there. The fact that the concentric states are basically divine-righted by these trinity would suggest that either because of the centering these gods were created, these gods existed beforehand and they just picked three of the many gods that could have happened, or they don't exist and the speaker is is speaking on behalf of other deities that exist. Just as the Undying Light and the Undying Shadow in the Player's Guide, it shows that it's beyond the planes that even the gods are. So like it is divinity, but it's a different kind of divinity in that it's enveloping a lot more. I I drew this little chart here and you can see, and I'll pass it around, but it's basically like there is a, a triangle in the middle, which is Devar, Adaman, Zeol, which is the Trinity, and then uh, the circle around it, both like there is a positive plane and a negative plane, which is kind of what we're getting at here is that the Undying Light is the entity of the positive plane and the shadow is from the negative plane. And it's not that there are in, they are not inherently good or evil, right. it's just positive and negative. It looks like electrical like, charges. Right. It's life and death. Like the, that's why you need the balance, balance. And that's the whole conceit of Johnny's religion. Sign up now. Call this number. <laughs> you know, donate as much as you can for reasons that will help the religion, I'm sure, and not my uh, new obsession with buying cars. It, it looks like for the listeners, it looks like a, the, if you're looking at the front of a Pokeball, but instead of the circle button, it's a triangle. And then at the top of the Pokeball, there's the Undying Light. At the bottom of the Pokeball, there's a shadow. But the triangle is much bigger than the button of a Pokeball. Sure. Yes. Draw a circle. Draw a triangle inside the circle. Draw a line dividing the circle in half, but it doesn't divide the triangle in half. Boom, there you go. Yeah. And then go catch this a Mewtwo. an medium. We're doing yeah. really well. This is also to <laughs> say that Devar, Adama, and Zeo are not, like, they're not good or evil. They're not positive or negative. They are just like the... The forces that the people of the concentric states in this major religion, this is what they believe control everything. 
Yeah, right. And like any of them can deal in any of those forces. Like we found out today, Zeol has dominion over time, even though previously we have heard that it's only death. How do you guys feel about going on an adventure with the speaker? Well, I feel bad for her. <laughs> to be very honest, I feel a little bad for her. Cause or like, is she going to be like your band director who on your annual trip to Virginia Beach gets wild? <laughs> I, I just feel bad because, you know, she has a lot to deal with and she had put a lot of faith in Alonzo. We all did. We want Alonzo to be better. I personally, and Giant disagrees with just leaving him there. I think Inara does Me too. too. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure Tracy cares. I don't. Tracy doesn't want to be his keeper anymore, but I don't think like it's the right decision to just let him like wallow. Like as a way of fixing his issues and problems, it's not going to work. But but I will say it makes sense that this is the decision she's made because she's like frustrated that every time Alonzo leaves, something happens. Yeah, or he can get into a lot whatever. less trouble at home than he can in a new city. He ran off last time. I don't think it's this time's going to be different. I don't know, but I mean, at, at this point, I'm, I was kind of surprised by how firmly aligned with him in our fields. I mean, it makes sense if you want to like just think about the the psychology of their situations for like 25 seconds. But I want to go to Greg and kind of take him by the, the front of his shirt and say like, what is going on here? Can we fix this? Oh my God, guys, we buried the lead. They broke up? What? Yeah. No, I'm they? assuming people thing... are making assumptions just because Greg left the city. Or is Greg telling people that they broke up? I don't know. I mean, it I see how he could be doing that in order to get Alonzo to come find him and like face this. Or just being dramatic or something, you know? I don't know. If there's anything we know about Greg, he's <laughs> definitely not dramatic. <laughs> I like that the three of us are basically, each of us are interested in a different aspect of Alonzo. Uh, Amanda and Inara are, it seems, are a lot more focused on the relationship. Johnny, Michael are a lot more focused on his responsibility. And Tracy Brandon want him to become an independent person who doesn't want to be someone who's happy with himself and yeah yeah. like fully realized as a person which is also why we have such different thoughts on how to handle alonzo but we can all agree that um i don't know what we can all agree on food hacks that's (laughs) what i think (laughs) take out the line on the scrimps because that is the intestine cut a hole in your bread fry an egg in it you got a hole tot what is it a frog in a hell no let them fit let them figure it out toad in toad in the hole that's what it's called. I did not know Toad that. Toad on a log. Toad on a log. Log in a marsh. Log in a marsh. Marsh in a forest. Will the wisp in the marsh. What? I'm, I'm following dead. you. We're, oh, no. We're both dead. I think it's interesting that you guys have these really complex feelings about Alonzo, but sometimes they get expressed like, man, fuck that guy. I That's was, what you do in real life, though. Yeah. yeah. I, that, that was mm, something that I've been thinking about a lot is like, I think exactly as Fish just pointed out, each of us have something that we care so deeply. I mean, this reminds me of my own siblings. Like, you you are the maddest at them because you love them the most. Like, I would often say when my siblings got me really mad, like, I would jump in front of a bus for you, but I would not sit next to you on a bus if you paid me. And so I think each of us as players and our characters, you know, something about his quirks, his deficiencies, his, like, hot spots map with us individually in a way that make us just react so strongly to him but clearly we care about him like you know it's never been clear to me that Inara would and has done anything for him and I I really want to see him succeed but maybe Alonzo's dad thought like you got married you're a man like you're starting your family you're you know branching out on your own and like becoming your own person and you've wanted independence for so long and like okay like do it you know kind of like pushing the the fledgling out of the nest a little bit but it's so hard when you have a sibling, a kid, you know, friend, whatever, who, you know, need to stand on their own. Like, do you let them fall over and over again? Do you 
swoop in and pick them up every time they stumble or like it's so hard to kind of judge what the person needs and what like the happy medium is. This also makes me wonder, why is the speaker at the Kiko Castle, even when Alonzo isn't there? Like, and not at Concentra? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Also, she's like a, she's a Super Saiyan? Yeah, uh, the speakers are very, very high level cleric. Um, and the reason why Alonzo probably won't break out is because she cast a spell called Planner Ally. And Planner Ally says... That you beseech an otherworldly entity for aid. The being must be known to you, a god, a primordial, a demon prince, or some other being of cosmic power. You know, just demon princes. That entity sends a celestial, an elemental, or a fiend loyal to you to aid it, making the creature appear in an unoccupied space with range. If you know a specific creature's name, you can speak that name, blah, blah, blah. Well, this unicorn's name is Scrimps, so that's all I have to know. I literally imagine just <laughs> Alonzo escaping on top of this unicorn now <laughs> like... i pictured scrimps in wellies so congratulations <laughs> i now picture all quadrupedal creatures with shoes with on. shoes very good and now for some questions from our listeners uh this is from sky the goose lord i was curious about this and wasn't sure if it was asked before but what would have happened if inara failed that dex check when the hooded assassin guild person threw marbles at her would she have not been considered ready for the guild Amanda, what do you think? I feel like that's more of a question for you, but I don't know. I maybe there would have been another trial, you know, like like another kind of pass or fail test, and certainly would have made things more challenging when Autumn showed up if Inara had no proof that this was something that she had encountered before. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's a big if, but I right. had an idea of what would happen if you totally just like spilled all of them. You, I think you would have had a lot harder time like dealing with this whole assassins thing. Yeah. Because this has kind of been in the background and they're like, oh yeah, new recruit, whatever. But, I haven't uh, like messed anything up royally yet. Exactly. The only right. thing that's been happening is that like Johnny keeps trying to be friends with the assassins. Guild. <laughs> I think that's, why what, would I that's what would have happened. Why is... would I want to be friends if I... Why would I want that when I already am? Like, you know? <laughs> uh, this one's a question for me, but I think that everyone can throw stuff in for this. This is from Gordita Lives, who is also known as Jordan. Gordita Lives? Gordita. That's delicious. Okay. Mm. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. <laughs> As a DM, have you ever had times where players left loose ends that came back to haunt them? Do you think it might happen in this campaign? The short answer is yes. Uh, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> All we do is, <laughs> that's like, that's. You guys breeze into town and you're like, pew, pew, pew. Meh, no consequences. And then you leave and Flirt, go somewhere else. wink, flip day, bye. I don't see anything problems with that. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. Tracy has no. never done anything that had consequences. consequences. No, it never. No, I've never not. had to answer for anything. <laughs> Fish, uh, do you have any campaign stories like that? I can think of regrets I personally have as a DM, like letting a character use a whip to heal. Like, <laughs> oh, it was no. a joke. I have one that I never got to pull on, but there was this campaign that I used to play with Amanda and Julia Shafini from Spirits and Eric Schneider and Julia's fiance. Julia had this relationship with, she used a bag of tricks and it got a panther. And then she got really like close with the panther because like a god got generated from Koatoa. It was this whole thing. Basically, she had this really emotional uh, moment with the panther because after 24 hours, the bag of tricks animal goes away. And she gets pulled in her head by, like, this panther god that got 
created, like half god, half displacer beast. And she was also a horizon walker. So it would have been like a whole extra planar thing. So what I really wanted to do, I wanted to keep pulling her and see if I could get her corrupted by this god. And we just stopped playing and I'm upset that I never got to really pull on that thread. I have one actually. My favorite thing to do in campaigns is to like have a theme that I sort of just like bash you over the head with, but like <laughs> turns out to have a fun ending. So like one of the one of the campaigns I did like the end goal which we never got to was uh, is it druids that can summon things something some creature some class whatever can summon things from like the underworld basically like hell and there's this big dead dragon thing that they were gonna have like tied up in an arena and they were gonna meet them that was gonna be like a big turning point in the story so I sort of like from episode one started like planting little dragons throughout the campaign <laughs> so like the first it's thing horrible. like they found they would find scale somewhere or like and then one person got a little dragon and then a mini dragon familiar and then like they went into a town and there was a guy it was necromancers that's what it is there it is necromancers so one of the guys that works for the like assistant of some of the necromancers would like would dressed up in like a big dragon foam costume <laughs> and like was handing out flyers so like i like to add these little, like those little details of like what your upcoming campaign thing is going to be like that's always fun I got another one again as a DM and it was again a mistake on my part. This was not a like good group of people character wise, you know, good, evil, lawful, neutral, whatever. And they had to like find a shady person, part of the underworld of a specific town to get some information. And then when they return after like whatever thing they were doing, they decide they want to take over all the illicit activities of the city. So they did. And I kind of had to build gameplay around that. So, like, wow. they ran, like, the drug mob. rings and stuff? Yep. Yeah. Cool. So wow. I quit that campaign for you? No, it was great. <laughs> it was actually a lot of fun because they had to figure out how to, you know... It turned into, like, a completely different game. It turned into, like, this weird crime thing, but they were the bad guys. I don't know. It was fun. I would love that. Like, I, I love that kind of underground, like, figuring out how to get the things that you need in especially like in a corrupt society, you know, like like if the if the, you know, services were such that yeah, kinda do your own thing. I find that to be really, really fun. The sort of like logistics of crime is fascinating to me. There's a lot of logistics. Yeah, that's what Blades <laughs> in the Dark is for. That's what we should play that game. Hmm. It's all about heists. Really fun. Yeah, we yeah. definitely need to play. Or if people have media that they love, books, movies, T V shows, etc. along those lines, like please hit a girl up. I know this is a little off track, but I really want to play a horror game. I hate horror movies, but like I kind of love the tension of being in it. I think it's hard to pull off, to be honest. Like in a good way. Like it's re so rewarding when you can get a horror game going yeah. that like feels good, and it's hard to do though. Yeah. So Thirteen Candles, I really want to try again. We played with Fish once, and I really want to play Dread, which is the one with the Jenga. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, with the Jenga system, which I freaking love. We should do it. Yeah. There's a Shia LaBeouf. Do you remember that song, the yeah. Shia LaBeouf song? So yeah. someone on Reddit, a hero, made <laughs> a an RPG hero. system based off of that song. And I've had it bookmarked forever, and I've always wanted to run it. And the rules are crazy. It's a lot of tension. You only get, like, one item. Uh, Shia has, like, multiple lives. There's The mechanics are brilliant, and it would really work. One of the things I love like about horror is is when horror has like funny moments because you need that kind of tension cutting because everything like get out. Yeah, like yeah. it can't all just be jump scares because otherwise it's not it's not good. Kevin in the Woods I really liked for for instance. Yeah, and it's interesting for horror because a lot of the tension and suspense you get from horror are 
based on the sounds. Yeah. Like there's that yeah. uh, that new movie that's all silent with John Krasinski. Jump scares, they're not scary unless you have the string hit behind them. Yeah. So like yeah. figuring that out in the real world is really hard to do, but when you do it, it's so satisfying. Yeah, that's why 13 Candles was fun for me because you had that kind of real like sensory and atmospheric element, which is really, really cool. Yeah, yeah you, you just got to keep it intimate. And you knew that like at the end, you were going to die anyway. So it was right. all about Which, like, the as journey. As a player, yeah, it makes me really yeah. relieved. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like the Django one because there's inherent tension yeah. in Jenga. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. it's like you put that on top of the horror movie you are living in. Jenga's already a scary game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. It's scary. Yeah. All right. This one is also for Fish. Uh, this is from Artemis. Hey, what's Johnny's opinion on black lights? <laughs> well, Johnny has. Is this your dark goal vision. where everything you're moving towards is just a black light? Because it's both dark I and guess light. that is the solution. Johnny's done. We can pack <laughs> it up. Uh, Johnny, Artemis solved it. Artemis solved it. Johnny will invent a black light, and that will be the ultimate combination of uh, darkness and light. Ooh, or uh, red lights for like photography studios. You don't have to put on that red light, Roxanne. Wait, wait, I have a question. Hey, why do you think it's called Labor Party? I literally don't have No, anything. I have no idea. I have no idea. Either. I don't know. <laughs> I pictured parliamentary debates, so if there are going to be a bunch of representatives yelling at each other, sounds fun. Why do you think it's called Labor Party? Well, I actually know why it's called Labor Party. Do you Party. want to tell us? No! no. Okay. This is a fun discussion. Fun question for us to have. <laughs> we will ponder it, and the f- once, once henceforth we have an answer, we will verily entreat upon you a seat at the table Can for us say to that together. Can you and Valley, we shall entreat upon you to have a seat at the table with us henceforth to discuss matters concerning the naming of this arc. So we share with you the ideas and theories of what this could possibly be. Very good. We just need more voice work from Fish, really. Yeah. Truly, because he does not like the voice that he had for Johnny and wishes it were something different. <laughs> like the old man. <laughs> or Southern Johnny. Thank you very much for joining us in this first after party of our new arc. So exciting. So please leave us your theories, your questions, either in our Discord, which is the most poppin' place on the internet. It's where all of the patrons for Join the Party hang out, trade theories, trade photos, where we pull all of our NPC names from. That's at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. Or talk to us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Tumblr. We're at jointhepartypod in all the places. And if you have a friend that you think would love the show, this is the perfect time to share the show with them. It's a new arc, new me. We have recaps of all the previous arcs, so if they don't want to listen to all the episodes, no shade, that's cool. They can just listen to our very short plot summary at jointhepartypod.com slash recap. So share that link, tells you how to listen to the show, tells you where to start, and recruit more listeners to the cause. All right. Uh, without further ado... No, that's high end spirits. Uh, all right. Do it. Meld the shows. <laughs> Meld the shows. Multiverse. Join the spirits. Multitudiverse. Multitudiverse. Cool. Well, I think that's pretty much it for this after party. Anybody have wisdom to leave our listeners with? Food hack. Don't store your bread in the fridge. It'll go stale. Store it in the freezer. Food hack. Don't let your ice get smelly. Food hack. You can make your own chip witches at home with a Ben and Jerry's pint and those really soft cookies from Pepperidge Farm. Food hack. If you only have one appliance, make it a toaster oven. They can do more things than any other appliance. Snaps. It's a good one. Bye, guys. Undying Light be with you. See you later.
Thank <laughs> you.